Hello, Wanderers, and welcome to the first part of the Pot of Wonder Season 4 finale. We're going to be playing Wander Home by Jay Dragon. Wander Home is a peaceful fantasy game of animal people traveling their world and changing with the seasons. It's on Kickstarter right now, so go back it. I'll wait. Now, before we begin, a few notes. First, this was recorded back in June, based on an alpha version from Jay's Patreon, so the rules are a little different from the free playtest kit, which you can get for free with a link at the Kickstarter page. So if we do things a little differently, that's why. Second, we are not playing in the base Wander Home setting. If you just happen to find us while looking for some Wander Home AP, welcome! Pod of Wonder is a podcast that creates a world using random Wikipedia articles and then plays a game in that world. So the game we're playing takes place in the world we created. You don't have to have listened to the rest of Season 4, but it couldn't hurt. This intro is running a bit long, so I'll drop in an explanation about it later. For now, let's start wandering home. Hi, I'm Danny. I'm going to be playing the caretaker. Someone must pay attention to all the small and forgotten things in the world. Someone must listen to the voiceless. You are alive. Your care is tender, supportive, and silent. My caretaker's name is Cullen. Pronouns he, him. Uh, he is a gray dwarf hamster, so even in the, the scale of animal people, he's still on the uh, smaller side of things. Cullen is gentle and organized. Cullen is not observant or venerable. And what I mean by organized but not observant is, like, he might miss somebody calling his name, or he might trip over a rock or something, but should he turn around and pick up that rock, he would always know which pocket he put it in. Physically, a gray dwarf hamster kind of entire body is sort of a, a light gray fur. Uh, he is wearing huge glasses that, you know, from just the right angle, make his little beady eyes just look gigantic. Uh, he's wearing a brown cloak. Uh, it is fairly new and uh, a darker brown to provide a contrast to the, the light gray fur. Uh, Cullen carries with him a ceremonial object. Uh, in this case, it is a kind of a, a homemade deck of uh, oracle cards. In in his youth, uh, Cullen and a friend kind of came up with these sort of fictional deities to kind of like inspire them or like call upon in times of need or, or place blame upon when something didn't go right. And uh, I think kind of on this journey as part of like a, a coming of age type thing, he is like setting aside these old gods, but you, you can't just throw out something that was that important to you as a child. So so he's traveling and trying to find new homes for these, these tiny gods of his. Currently, five of these gods are, are traveling with him. Dulcet, the god of tiny melodies. Nadir, the god of a single shadow. Ravel, a god of tangled yarn. Guile, uh, a breeze god. And... Uh, Previously, 
he started out this journey with uh, Yacht, a snowflake god. But uh, the, in the first town we went to, he kind of like found a home for Yacht. And since then, in the travels, Yacht's kind of place in the deck has been replaced with a card that Cullen had never seen before. Like it's not something he he came up with or his friend drew. It's just this nameless card of a god that is just sort of popped up in his little deck. He he, he can't explain it. He doesn't quite know like what this god is about, but he knows that when lost things come to you, it is your your duty to find them a home. And so that's what he's going to do for this nameless god. I'd watch that Hayao Miyazaki movie. Gina, would you like to introduce your character next? My name is Gina. Uh, I am playing the Moth Tender. So in this world, we have uh, people in animal form and animals in bug form. And one of the animals, or one of the bugs, are carrier moths. Smaller moths that have been used to carry messages around vast distances under moonlight. So I imagine these like white furry little things uh, about the size of a carrier pigeon with uh, you know letters and such uh, attached to them. Um, so uh, the moth tender uh, text, carrier moths travel across Alandria, bringing news, letters, and tiny boxes. You wander the land, keeping an eye on these moths and their towers. You're alive. Your care is consistent, prompt, and in small packages. Uh, my character's name is Stella. Uh, she is a bat. She's got two huge ears, each about the size of her head. She's got a you know tiny uh, upturned uh, pointed nose and tiny little fangs uh, and a pink little tongue that darts out as she talks. Uh, two things that I am are trusting and organized. Uh, so I imagine that she always knows where to place letters uh, and where to pull out letters. Takes her less than a minute to pick out the right letter for the right person and always remembers in which town she needs to go to which person when she arrives. Um, um, what she is not is calm um, or studious. And I imagine that she's not the type to just like sit still and study and read, even though she's like fairly intelligent, being able to remember where letters go and stuff like that, and well read, you know, um, being, you know, writ handling letters and, and reading and stuff like that. But she's not one to, to be in dusty libraries and, and look up stuff. Uh, my look I have a proper moth tending uniform. Um, I imagine the moth tenders are a somewhat governmental organization. Um, so I have a uniform uh, that I am pretty proud of and I keep in pretty good condition. Um, I have a gray and brown cape. And what I imagine is my wings are folded most of the time and it just resembles a, a brown uh, and gray cape nice. um, around me. It just has that kind of style. It just drapes around me. Um, and I picked a third thing that is a deep sense that I am uh, over my head. <laughs> Um, sometimes it's just too much. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of needs to keep track of all of it. Uh, yes. Uh, let's see. I have to choose two things that I carry with me at all times. Um, the first thing I picked is the wisdom of my adopted mother, who reminded me to always be myself. And my adopted mother it was an owl. 
a big old owl and she had a lot of wisdom and she uh, was single mother, but she was very caring, provided everything I needed. Uh, and uh, the second thing is my oath to the king of the floating mountain that you are in danger of breaking. And I think we can world build a little bit about what the king of the floating mountain is uh, about mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I imagine that it is the large government service that kind of like sponsors the carrier moths, the moth tenders to so I need to create three letters or packages that I'm carrying. Uh, so I just made some. Uh, I have a wax sealed love letter f- letter for a blue jay I once dated. Um, so this letter is very well worn. It is uh, one letter letter that I am not eager to give out, and it was one that I wrote myself many mm. many years ago. But I keep carrying it, and I keep trying to get the courage to um, hand it off to her one of these days when I run in, you know, it's fine. Don't worry. It's, it's just in the breast pocket that's closest to my heart and just going to stay there. Um, the second thing that I have is royal summons from the king of the floating mountain for someone of my own description. I have a strong sense that it's for me, but I say it is for someone of my description uh, just so I can uh, kind of put off opening it and and uh, figuring out what this royal summons is. So yet another thing that I am putting off. Uh, I guess I guess Stella's a very procrastinating kind of kind of gal. And the third one is a book of dangerous and illicit information for the mayor of a hidden village. And just goes in my trusting nature that a mayor of a hidden village will need this book of dangerous and illicit information. And it'll be fine giving it to them. I, you know, it'll be fine. <laughs> Next on the list, Eddie. Uh, I'm Eddie. Uh, I will be playing uh, Harold the Heron, our ragamuffin. Run, scream, play, steal, and above all else, live. You are alive. Your care is exuberant, honest, and naive. He is exuberant and confident. He is very much not methodical or attentive. He is uh, bumbling, uh, often accused of having his head in the clouds, but there is really some sort of deep darkness in him that he is constantly reflecting on and pushing down. Let's see. uh, He's wearing, it's kind of like a Newsies outfit, but it's kind of the same outfit he's been wearing since he ran away from home. Uh, kind of a flat cap, suspenders, and uh, these patched kind of corduroy flood pants, which look spectacular on those uh, long dancer's legs of his. In terms of lessons learned, he's learned that his heroes can't be trusted, uh, and the world will hurt, will hurt you, and there's often nothing you can do to stop it. So, uh, a little bit of nihilism in there, mm. but it's just all fun and games still. It's just all fun and games. Uh, as for things he has uh, not learned or lessons that have been presented to him that he has just not picked up on. Uh, there will come a time when you must fight back. Uh, he kind of just lets people trample all, all over him and keeps uh, just laughing it off. And he has not learned that his heritage has shaped who he is now. So uh, when he found out he was not a giraffe, he ran away from home in anger. Uh, but what he hasn't learned is that all the good parts of him are the, the parts of him that came from uh, living in a group with giraffes. Uh, on his way out, he took two things. He took an umbrella, uh, a jet black umbrella that, as far as he knows, is just an ordinary umbrella. Um, but it absorbs any water into an empty void, and it's just kind of waiting to spit out. It could be able to absorb other things, uh, and it might be connected to the wielder's will. But as far as Harold knows, it's just an ordinary umbrella. So he thinks it's that. He, so it's just sucking up the water. 
Uh, the thing he's secretly carrying is the Obsidian Obelisk, a sacred giraffe artifact that connects its user to Ephorig, the many-headed multi-god of the giraffes. He just thought it was a cool-looking rock, uh, and, but he knew they they loved it a lot, so uh, he just uh, figured he'd take run off with it. That'll show them, but did not realize he now has a direct line to uh, one of the gods of the animal world. I'm not sure what would happen if he was able to communicate with it, uh, but he's got it. Lastly, Maria. Hi, um, I'm Maria, and I'll be playing Mervin the turtle. He's a shepherd. People tend to assume you're the leader. Joke's on them. You just follow where they go. You are alive. Your care is measureless, watchful, and gentle. Well, I mean, I guess that pretty much covered it. I, I am alive. I'm not lively. I'm observant, reliable, but I am certainly not fast-paced. I'm not loud. I'm just sort of going where we're going, following the bombies, making sure they don't get into too much trouble. Got a, a thick plaid coat, a plaid cap, a pipe, and a crook. Uh, on me, I'm uh, carrying a letter for an old friend. I can't remember where they are, what their name is, but I'm sure it'll come to me someday. Uh, and I have like half a tune to an old, an old shepherd song that uh, comes up every once in a while. I'm not sure that, uh, and I'm not quite uh, aware that I'm humming it. Uh, my favorite, Bombi. Uh, it's pretty unremarkable. In fact, I don't have names for any of the Bombies. Just sort of uh, different tones when I address them. They know when I'm talking to them. Uh, so let's go down, uh, do two rounds each of our, our playbook questions. I will be asking my first question of Gina. Gina, what is something I knew about you that I had no right to know about you? Uh, let me think. I think it has something to do with one of your gods said something about me. I think Nadir keeps whispering to you, the single shadow, um, that Stella is a creature of the night and uh, is more sneaky and stealthy than she lets on. That she's more capable of subterfuge than uh, you believe her to be, or she outwardly is. No indication that I am actually doing subterfuge or mm -hmm. am a spy or not, but that just, I am extremely adept at yeah. it. And you, you could if you wanted to. I could if I wanted to, um, but it seems my exuberant manner and whatnot. It's not something that, you know, I am focused on. Okay. Yeah. And your first question is for Eddie. Let's see. Where did I risk my job and career to help you? Hmm. I'm going to say I got all hopped up in full of rage one night and uh, kind of let things take take me over. And I was going to go go tell some giraffes, uh, tell them what I thought about them, uh, run right into that territory. But you risking uh, your, your uniform and a public presence uh, rushed in to stop me for making a huge mistake. Fortunately, you weren't seen, but still it would have uh, possibly led to a huge crisis and a uh, discussion of, uh, of uh, the moth tender organization and the people working for it. And you were, would have probably been fired. Yeah. I think maybe like one of the moth tender, uh, 
not oaths, but tenants, uh, is yet you don't interfere with public affairs. You just deliver your letter. You don't get to pick and choose, you know, whether or not to deliver and don't influence politics. And I think me going in to stop you was really stepping into politics. It was the, f- the definitely like, you know, uh, stepping on one of the moth tender uh, tenants. I'm going to kind of revise that a bit and be more of a ragamuffin thing. And maybe in, in telling them off, I was going to do a terrible open mic set. That was really just honest and not funny at all. Uh, and you got me out of that. Same deal, though. You stopped the, the worst uh, night of open, open mic possible. Yeah, it would have started like a very political and civil war. Yes. Um, with what you said. That <laughs> was like, kind of. it would have incited a lot mm-hmm. yeah, uh, of mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah. Fialova would have never been the same. Uh, Eddie, your first question is for Maria. Maria, what do I do that really, truly, next level gets on your nerves? <laughs> Get all up in uh, in my herd, running amok, causing a stir, frightening the poor bombies so that you can have a good time. I just, I can't, I can't cotton to that. That's it's no good behavior, especially especially for a heron of ripe old age of twenty five. You should know better by now. Yeah, but it's really funny when they skitter around. You think it's funny. I don't think it's, it's funny. It's pretty funny. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's universally funny. I, I have nothing more to say to you, young sir. Uh, Maria, your first question is for me. So, Danny, what should you do to make me trust you with my herd? Maybe one of the uh, younger Bombies had uh, kind of wandered off. And I, I was the one who noticed and kind of like went on my own to to track it down and bring it back to you. And kind of ever since then, I've started to like recognize them the way that you do, like not not to the same level. And I still make some mistakes sometimes, but like I'm able to pick them out, like maybe like 40 percent of them individually. And that that's kind of a, a good show of like trust and interest in in them that's pretty good i didn't think uh i didn't think anybody but i could do that i like sure as you care my next question is back to you maria when is the last time you left an offering for the small and forgotten gods (laughs) oh that's that's funny i think i do it every day but i'm speaking of some forgotten gods i'm not I'm not so good at remembering these days either. Uh, but I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I left one earlier today. And they they notice when you do, and they thank you. Gina, your next question is for me. Do you think the moths are as beautiful as I do? Clarifying question: How? In what way are the moths beautiful to you? Um, I think they are all unique. I can tell them apart, uh, even though they pretty much have the same like white, slightly gray patterings or whatnot. Um, and I feel like they each have their personalities and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and they're just freaking adorable. And I just love watching them fly off. Like sometimes I just stop and pause when I see like a cloud of them go over us in our travels. Okay. Um, I think your moths are beautiful, like, in the way that a 
precious, fragile object is. Like, I'm, I'm content admiring from the afar, but I'm afraid if I ever physically interact with them, I'm going to break them somehow and just accidentally, like, maim one of these creatures that is otherwise performing a valuable service in our country. Cool. Thank you. Eddie, your next question is for Gina. Gina, what went wrong the last time I dragged you on a, along on a misadventure? Uh, I think I needed to deliver a letter to uh, a giraffe conclave. And you're like, oh, I know these people. And I'm like, they're on this part in the map. And you're like, no, 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 no. They moved. I can take you to where they are. So I'm like, okay, because I'm trusting. Uh, and you led me definitely the wrong direction uh and i think we were beset by spider wolves or something like that it was pretty awful um i was like let's just fly and get out of here and you for some reason had a lot of trouble flying so we had to like hoof it out and it was definitely a trek we never got that letter delivered I mean, so one, I knew the way, but I didn't realize till halfway through. I had only seen that map upside down before, but I figured it would be more fun to kind of figure it out after I realized that. So uh, one, I I guess is the first time I'm saying this. I'm sorry. But two, hey, you remember it. Uh, It was a fun story. Uh, Now you got something for parties. So you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What what is uh Harold's flying aptitude would you would you say? Oh, not at all because he's n- no one has taught him how to fly. He has been convinced way too easily too many times that this is the time he can do it uh and fallen off a roof uh and uh gotten his legs and neck somehow tangled up in his suspenders. No, just how how uh, nature happened when you were uh, a, a bird raised by giraffes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maria, your question is for Eddie. What do you think it will take you to earn my trust? I guess maybe be able to, uh, I don't know, handle an ordinary situation maturely. Like, I, I don't know, uh, running into a herd of your bombies and watching them fly away, maybe not doing that. I would say so. Also, just not laughing at at bugs in general. I feel like that's a thing that legitimately uh, might upset you. Bugs are honorable creatures, and they deserve our respect. You know what? No, I'm going to try to hold my... No, 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 they're deserving our laughter, too. I'm sorry. It's true. I had to say it. What is there to laugh about a bug? I just give me a minute. I've got I, somewhere in here. I've got a notepad just full of items. I think I'm up to 137. Just give me a second. I'll find it. Yeah, so we have our characters. I think next we should decide what season it is. I'm feeling uh, vaguely autumnal. That feels like it would be a good time to travel. So kind of in the silt season. So I have one small light objection, and this is so light, you can blow it down. Just like that, if that picked up on mic. It did. Uh, it, yeah, in in the first paragraph, last sentence, it says, you are starting a new story, you begin in the year of the rose petal. We're already, like, breaking the rules by not uh, doing it in the, the official game world. Okay, cool. Then let's do uh, Optimistilt, right? On board. 
right on all the holidays. That's good fodder. Oh yeah, we can come up with some good holidays too. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we just kind of, we've kind of uh, blown all of our holiday juices on that uh, that one from the uh, fir- the I guess the first proper episode of the season after the setup. That's true. We we can just be traveling along. Doesn't have to be for a particular destination. Just to maybe fit the to kind of fit our uh, our our podcast backstory and it, us kind of having some sort of I don't want to say connection, but uh, some sort of knowledge of the travelogue that we were presenting in the season. Like maybe we met because we're all fans of Percy and Rambles. Mm. And this is, yeah, I like that. Oh, go ahead, Gina. Sorry. I just said, yeah, I like that. And interrupted you and destroyed your phone. (laughs) Sorry about that. And I, well, now I'm thinking like, maybe this is us as a group kind of proving to ourselves that we're hardcore fans and we're, uh, because this wouldn't have been touched on in the podcast. Like maybe, uh, Percy and Ramble's first uh, trip or first video thing mm. as like poor college kids trying to cut their teeth and do their first portfolio piece. Yeah, the the unaired pilot that that's just floating around on the internet for for hardcore fans. I want to say maybe this goes this goes even further than that. For yeah, for a while it was just a rumored VHS tape uh, that people talked about on fan forums. <laughs> Let's let's go 2003 with this. Uh huh. We all met on a Percy and Rambles fan forum. We found a way to get the videotape, watched it, and decided uh, we should we should make that track. And it's more of a cult, a cult classic. Like the real hardcore travel fans are are all about this journey. There is a there is a fervent cult following. Um, yeah. Oh, I like all that. So we're cool, but not popular. Pot of wonder. We, you know what? We're so into it that we do. We have uh, realistic expectations about how many uh, how many other people care. Pot of wonder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm just gonna ask. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Um, so either, <laughs> pot of wonder. Totally fine. I will either listen to the pot of wonder if you would like, or I will not listen to it. But hey, it's a good thing that my character is has like alzheimer's or something because that's an easy way to explain that i have no idea yeah maybe we should uh explain i think the basics of percy and rambles to uh to maria at least and and maybe for the listeners uh hey danny here wow the audio quality is much better here in the future uh remember in the beginning when i said i would drop in an explanation about season four later it's later So in Season 4, we built up a small part of a world called Fialova. Uh, Based on the first Wikipedia article we used, it was styled as a kind of travel guide. Our hosts are Percy, a corgi with a love of history and photography, and Rambles, a Scottish fold with a love of people and alcohol. They had a TV show, they wrote some books. Um, That's really all you need to know. Give it a listen if you want. It's only six episodes. Uh, You can hear about things like a festival where flightless birds catapult themselves, or a city that collapsed under its own bureaucracy. Uh, Maybe stay away from the first three seasons, though. They're kind of hit or miss. So, uh, Maria, if you could just uh, pretend that we explained an entire season's worth of of rambling nonsense to you, uh, we'll just maybe cut back to that. 
and present the illusion that we uh, explained it over the over the course of some sort of musical cue. Okay, um, are we currently recording the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I've complicated it further. Out of wonder. It's like a radio show, but on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> tell me more uh okay cool yeah so um travel show there are tvs in this world this world's got tvs i i guess yeah yeah that's i accidentally created the internet in one episode so there might as well be tvs (laughs) cool they have little they have little travely type tvs that a shepherd might have on them is it like netflix through the moth mail you can get these things uh yeah uh separate little like recorder discs for uh each episode you gotta like turn it in a timely order before you get your next <laughs> disc it's a huge bulk of our mail yeah <laughs> it's absolutely ruining us <laughs> make a whole new breed of moths just to keep up with the volume yeah they're little little red flecked moths uh-huh. for your yeah. yeah ones with like real long proboscis to just stack discs on them <laughs> oh yeah since the internet and TVs exist, there was maybe like a RambleCon or something. Yeah, but it and every year they try to get Rambles there. Percy's a regular, but Rambles is real hard to pin down. Well, it's just polite to the fans. That's just uh-huh. Percy's style. You know, if you ask politely, he'll buy you dinner. Um, <laughs> he's just he's just so nice, and uh, Rambles can't be bothered. But there is a, Ra- a Rambles impersonator contest. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the idea of RamblesCon. I, I think it'll maybe be easier if we just we're just going to one town and we'll kinda like create that one town. Like using uh page fifteen, the arriving somewhere new, we'll make our town that way. Is using a a dice rolling app so there's no fun click clack noise. I got crossroads and C. Okay, uh, so world building for C. Maybe if I read off these prompts, uh, you could think of something cool. Uh, calm waters, range, raging storms, the smell of salt, the coastline, strange flotsam, a nearby vessel you weren't expecting to see, or something else of your own invention. I like the idea of an island of some kind. Maybe like one of those kind of midway points in the middle of a large body of water where, you know, folks can like trade goods from from either side or like stop and refuel. Ooh, and I I mean, we've introduced a lot of weird animals and the like into this world, but I feel like this is where you might see, I don't know, animals that you you'd see like deep sea creatures, maybe mm-hmm. like you'd you this is where you would come to see animals that you normally wouldn't see all all over Fialova. yeah is this uh the crossover between maritime mermaid murder mystery and this world uh no no because this is cohesive yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say no <laughs> what, what seasons one through three what are you talking about this is the first time we've done a podcast so that's our uh, literal setting. Our thematic settings, we have a verdant field. So the field has uh, rustling grass, babbling books, blue, blab, babbling brooks, blooming flowers, rolling hills, mossy boulders, bombie herder and their flock, or something else. 
I'm imagining, so if the literal setting is the middle of the sea, I'm Mm -hmm. imagining there is kind of a coral reef going on. Uh And perhaps surrounding the reef or very close is a field of seaweed, right? Um, So that's the verdant green. Yeah. Maybe it's just not like a tropical island. I mean, like... Ireland and Iceland are islands, and they're not like sandy beaches. Hey, that would help me a lot. With I'm trying to figure out how I'm getting my Bombi herd across the ocean, on and why. So I, I imagine we're I imagine we're taking a ferry, right? With a whole herd yeah. of Bombies. And we we had to rent out the whole ferry to get there. Okay, sounds good. What if there's if like a a significant place for the Bombies? Like maybe there's like a a Bombay kennel show or something. Yeah, maybe there's like a somebody who lives on the island that has a kennel show, trades in bombies, and I'm taking the best part of my herd to be. But like, yeah, like judged and and ribboned. I think maybe that that's kind of a good another reason for us as a group to get out to the festival. We're supporting you and and your prize Bombay. And I like that as a festival for, like, a very specific population. So it's not like a big party. It's a like a gathering of enthusiasts. And this is maybe, like Danny, you mentioned, this is kind of more of an Ireland, Iceland sort of uh, climate somewhere in that area where this is part of, this is sweater season. So there's a whole competition dedicated to bombies and the sweaters you can make with their fur. Ooh. That tracks. Maybe that's like the the end of the show kind of celebration is everybody like shears their bombies and they go to like making sweaters for like people in need or something. Oh, that's day one is the shearing. Uh, the last day of the festival is the uh, fashion show. <laughs> the sweater fashion show. Uh, the sweaters and the proceeds all go to uh, a community in need. Is uh, is it happening? And you know how two cons can run out the same uh, center is it Rambler's Con going on on there too? Um, yes, that island's local uh, Rambler Con is happening as well. <laughs> I kind of I love that idea, and because uh, Rambles was kind of was kind of rambunctious and was kind of, you know was the party guy, the Rambles Con has kind of a similar vibe to it. So the nightlife in this town is suddenly five hundred percent more active. Uh, our uh, second uh, thematic thing, I have a one that's comfortable and four tavern. Okay, there you go, Eddie. You willed it into existence. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it. Rambles Con made it happen. Tavern, a rockets crowd, delicious drink, a dry place to sleep, a cheerful song, a hearty meal, a jolly guardian who gladly calls you family or something else of your own invention. Ooh, so maybe the the rumor is this year Rambles is actually going to be there, and it's going to be the first time Percy and Rambles were together in the same room since that show was canceled. Uh, next, we choose the two or three most common kinds of animal forms who live here. Uh, but remember, there are also others. And I know we kind of talked like sea creatures already. Do we want to like narrow that down to a specific type? I want to say maybe one of the principal populations is like either walruses or sea lions. 
Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like That's that because, a lot. Because I'm, I'm thinking of yeah. like, uh, if anyone's read Saga, uh, Gus, mm. he's more of a sea lion, but still like that sort of, that sort of vibe, but you know, as dressed up like a little people. I'm just imagining like a walrus tavern keeper with like the big facial hair mm-hmm. and just like flipper slapping on the bar stool. Like, come on in. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We got walruses. Who else is on this island? Some kind of a zebra, like boobies or albatross. Well, uh, well, now, well. I, I like the idea of blue-footed boobies. They're the dumbest. Oh, they'd be so fun to have on the island. They're the dumbest birds. It's the, so Do you know how many so birds are going to say booby, though? You have to take a drink if you laugh during the game. Oh. <laughs> boobies it is. I feel like there's four of us and we're still outvoted, Maria. Yeah. It's it's fine. All right. Well, I mean, you want to put a like oyster in there or something? I yeah. Well, I think we do need an under the yeah. sea creature. So, oysters. yeah. Pick a, yeah. Do you want oyster to be the third, Maria? We can let you pick it. Be cool if there was another. Show. I don't know. Is oyster good? Is oyster funny? Yeah, an oyster in suspenders is fucking hilarious. Yeah, they got shells. I think I would like that. I like to see a nice shell. Ask the person who's spoken the least during this process what forms the small and forgotten gods take here. Who's spoken the least? It feels like it's between me and Maria. I'm going to give this to Maria. I'm going to say sea glass. Any particular colors or shapes? All different kinds of colors and shapes. Some of them shiny, some of them pretty pitted, and like you you wouldn't necessarily even know it was glass. It looks like a pebble at first. Um, there's probably blue and green and brown is usually the colors you get, but could be really any old kind. And lastly, give the place a name. We could always use uh, our good friend Google Translate. Mm. And if we can find some sort of word and translate it into Irish, I think that's what we did to find the name of uh, the mainland, Fialova. Yeah, we did like color and natural landmark. We're going to translate crossroad to Icelandic. Crossgutum. Crossgutum? Wait, what? Yeah, you think you're, you're cutting in and out there. Yeah, crossgutum. 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 Oh, oh that, was, that was the word. That was the word. <laughs> Pick a noun and go something island. Like, um. Yeah. Principal island or. Sweater island. Sweater, yeah, sweater. Sweater Island. I like Sweater Island. Yeah, I was trying to think of what to translate it into, but just Sweater Island sounds. It like started off as a joke, and then it became the official name. I mean, you might as well be clear. You know, people know yeah. what they're into. Yeah, and like that—that's why the the Bombay Festival relocated there. It's like, oh, Sweater Island. That's it's a perfect fit. Seeking sweaters, a, a fan spinoff of Finding Fialova. <laughs> This has been Pod of Wonder. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod of Wonder. I'm Danny. You can find me on Twitter at DannyPlaysRPGs. And you can find the games I make at DannyMakesRPGs.itch.io. I'm Morgan. You can find me on Twitter at OwlBurning and on Instagram at MorganTheFay. And I'm Eddie. You can find me on Instagram at MonstersByEd. You can find the games I make at Strange But True Games. Look for the Flying Butt logo. Our opening theme is opening. 
and our closing theme is Glue Glue, both by Komiku.